listener production. How much did you nurture yourself post-birth? The postpartum period is really important because the well-being of the mother defines the well-being of the entire family. Today on Feed, Play, Love, a new book on how to take care of yourself after birth. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. As mothers, we carry our babies, birth them, nourish them and care for them from the moment we realise we're pregnant. And when we're pregnant, we are so careful about what we put into our bodies, keeping our babies healthy before they even come into the world. But somehow, once they're here, we forget all about ourselves. At a time when we need all the care and support we can get, our focus is all on our babies. A new book focuses on how mothers can care and support themselves in the months and years post-birth. It's called Life After Birth, A Guide to Prepare, Support and Nourish You Through Motherhood. And it's written by Jessica Prescott and Vaughan Gary of Mama Goodness fame. Jessica's here with me now. Welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, both you and Vaughan are doulas and I think many people know now what a doula's role is in birth and how they're there to support labour, prepare a woman for birth, etc. But I think that uh, postpartum doulas are maybe lesser well-known. Can you explain what a postpartum doula does? Yes, absolutely. So my role as a postpartum doula is to do anything and everything I can to make the mum or the birthing person feel held, seen, nourished and looked after in their postpartum. So coming back to my doula training, the big emphasis was on whatever brings the mum peace and joy because when the mum's feeling peace and joy, she's going to have more oxytocin flowing. That means her milk production is going to be better. It means she's going to be calmer, which then in turn means a, a calmer baby. And my role as a doula can be some some visits I just sit with the mum and make sure she's fed and fold her laundry while she breastfeeds her baby and we talk about everything that's happened since I last saw her. Other visits, I'll spend the, the entire time in the kitchen cooking enough food to fill her freezer for the week. Other weeks, I might check in with her at first, take her baby while she has a shower and then give her back her baby and she has a nap while I walk the dog and clean the house. It's a really diverse job and it really just depends on the day, how how well the mum slept in the time since I saw her, how, how her milk production's going. Anything I can do to make her feel loved and held and seen and nourished and nurtured is that's what I'm there for. That's my job as a doula. It always feels incredible to me that we offer mums so much support before the birth of a baby, but once they're born, I, it's almost like she's expected that she's just going to get on with things, but that's when it gets really hard. Do you think things are changing in how we look at supporting mums? I think in my little bubble, things are definitely changing. But overall, there's still very much, the patriarchy reigns supreme, right? And there's still this capitalistic 
tendency to just want mums to keep calm and carry on, pick up where they left off and just slide back into their jeans and glide into a cafe with their baby sleeping in their pram. And God forbid you talk about your prolapse. God forbid you talk about (laughs) postpartum depression. God forbid you breastfeed in public. I mean, that's changing too. But there's definitely, you know, there's all these memes out there and it's like, oh, when, when you're pregnant, everyone is in awe of your body. And then the minute the baby's out of you, it's like, oh, look at that belly. Oh, you need to, you need to bounce back. And it's just, you know, even when you look at the, the, the number of appointments a pregnant person has with their healthcare provider while they're pregnant compared to the number of appointments they have when the baby's on, on the outside, there's such a huge disparity and people's lives get completely flipped on their heads. And I would say the majority of people don't have enough support to help them cope with that. I would agree with that a hundred percent. And the more I think about it, the more I think it's just, it's just insane because it is so challenging once you've given birth to just pick up and keep going when you're learning this new job and you're sleep deprived and you're sore and nobody is actually asking if you're okay. I mean, if you're lucky, you might have a midwife come to your home after you've left the hospital or um, your GP, you might have a great GP, but most women take their babies home and then it's all about the baby. And it really misses this huge thing that is happening for the mother. Yes, I, I completely agree. It, it's all about the baby once the baby's earthside. And, um, you know, coming back to what a doula does, I always say to people, because people say, oh, you must get to hold a lot of babies. And yes, yeah, sometimes I do hold babies the whole time I'm with my mums, but my job is to hold the mother. And I think that every mother needs to be held by someone and not just their partner. If they have a partner, it needs to be someone else, someone more neutral, someone who can swoop in and change the energy in in the space when they're feeling a bit tired or bummed or bored of the monotony of motherhood, especially in those early days. Can you run through the most important changes that happen to a mother once she gives birth? I mean, obviously there are a lot. But in your line of work, what do you see as the biggest, most important changes, both physically and emotionally? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's the physical ones. And some people don't realize, for example, that you're still going to look pregnant when your baby comes out. Some people just think it's going to be like on the movies where you, you just have a flat stomach again after having a baby. Some people don't realize that you bleed for as long as you do. Some people don't realize that you might get hemorrhoids, that you might have tears that need stitching and and care. Some people don't realize that you have night sweats and that you wake up drenched every night. Some people don't realize how difficult breastfeeding can be. It's really, some people just, it just comes naturally. Other people really struggle to either get a good latch or to get a, a good supply. And I think every... Almost every single mum I've supported, if it, if they're a first-time mum, they're always so surprised at just how much time it takes to breastfeed a baby. Oh, yes. It's something, you know, they sort of think, oh, you know, it's sort of like 15 minutes every four hours or so. That's sort of what they're imagining while they're pregnant. But 
You just don't get out of the chair. No, you don't. And then there's the emotional changes. So it doesn't matter how stable you are as a person. Pregnancy hormones do so much. And you you just don't know how you're going to be when you're so sleep deprived and you've got all these hormones cascading through your body and you're breastfeeding and you're sore and you're swollen and the baby blues hit. It's you know, some of the, the most stable people I know have suffered from postpartum depression or even postpartum psychosis, and it's just not something that's spoken about enough. You've just run through some of the changes that a, a woman can go through post-birth. Your book is really comprehensive and it goes through a lot of those things and explains how women can support themselves and heal themselves and um, know what to do if things don't go according to plan for themselves post-birth. And one of the things that stood out to me, it it might seem like a little thing, but I thought it was such a lovely idea. You talk about how to create a nurturing environment for women, for mums to be, how to create that before they bring their baby home. Mm -hmm. Why is that so important to you? And can you give us a few tips on how someone might do that? So I find that most people feel calm when there's less clutter and their environment is really clean and tidy and nice to be in so we suggest in the book that you do a bit of a clear out of any clutter while you're pregnant and turn your room into a bit of a sanctuary so buy yourself some sheets some nice sheets it could even be something that you put on your Um, baby registry because there's only so many onesies that you're going to (laughs) need in those early days (laughs) Um, and then you know if if you have the means getting a really nice artwork that you enjoy looking at giving your room a good clean getting rid of all the dust and clutter so that when you're in there it feels like a really calming place to be some people like to burn essential oils some people enjoy having plants and flowers in their room. So it really does depend on the person as to how exactly you turn your room into a sanctuary, but really dedicating some time and energy to making your room as nice to be in as possible is going to have huge payoffs once your baby's here because you do spend a lot of time in bed. Well, you should be spending a lot of time in bed, (laughs) at least in those early days. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Another thing you talk about in the book, which I love, is emotional self-regulation, because I think every adult needs to know about this. Um, Mm -hmm. But in the book in particular, you emphasize the importance of acknowledging what you're feeling. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so, such a big part of becoming a mother. We feel so many different emotions and it's not all love and light, is it? No, definitely not. Oh my goodness. The frustration, I would say, is a key emotion (laughs) for mothers, especially when there's toddlers involved. Yes, yes. (laughs) And you talk about anger too, right? So you can feel really angry and and all of any negative feeling as a new mum, you can feel guilty about because you're meant to be loving every minute of it, aren't you? Oh yeah. It's just, it's a really interesting point when you look at the way women 
are seen by the patriarchy and our emotions are sort of, you know, we're, we're not supposed to express emotion. And what we remind people in the book is anger is a sign that something isn't right or something isn't working. Mm. And some people just feel a little bit ragey or angry, but push it down, push it down, push it down until eventually they explode. Whereas other people express their anger as it comes and goes. And it's, it's a very quick um, and fluid thing throughout the day. They have their highs and lows and there's no right or wrong way. However, suppressing your anger is inevitably going to lead to poor mental health because if you're ignoring the fact that something isn't right or something isn't working for you, that's no good for yourself or for anyone in your family. And it does feed into this idea of the perfect mother myth. You have a whole oh, chapter yeah. about this and mum guilt. Mm-hmm. I feel like that creates so much misery for mums, whether they have a new baby or grown children. Can you talk to me about why you decided to include a chapter about it? I guess because we just want mums to stop feeling so shit all the time. <laughs> like um, I was saying the other day to my husband, it doesn't matter what I do, I feel guilty. I feel guilty for going to work. I feel guilty if I'm just at home relaxing with my kids and not being productive. I feel guilty if I go to the gym. I feel guilty if I don't go to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you on all those things. Oh, it's just, you know, and mothers need to stop feeling so guilty. It's not healthy. It's not helping anyone. And we, we really just need to start not being ashamed of putting ourselves first because at the end of the day, the happier you are, the happier everyone in your family is going to be. A big part of this book and what you guys do with Mama Goodness is about supporting mums with nutritious food. How much difference can certain foods make when it comes to healing and mood? So in those first few days after you have your baby, your organs are still pretty squished. Your body hasn't quite gone back into its normal shape yet. Um, anyone that's had a baby will know, you know, you press on your belly and it's really squishy and all your stomach and your intestines are all still sitting above your uterus. So it's recommended that in those first few days after having your baby, you eat foods that are easy to digest. And because you've lost a lot of blood during birth and the postpartum, it's also really important to eat blood building foods. And then if you're trying to breastfeed, it's also important to eat foods that are going to help to promote lactation. So we do put a lot of emphasis on the importance of nutrition in the book. Something else that's really important is, and it's not spoken about enough, is your gut health and your mental health are so linked and you need to eat 38 different plants per week to have optimal gut health, apparently. (laughs) And so we actually put quite a strong emphasis on plants in our book. And what we have found through being postpartum doulas for as long as we have is that most mums don't crave a lot of meat in their postpartum. Most mums are quite constipated and they're craving fibrous foods and just healthy, nutritious food. But all that being said, there's still a place for 
you know, if you, if eating a bowl of congee is absolutely repulsive to you and you just want to sit down and smash a block of caramello chocolate, <laughs> that's also something that needs to be, you know, if that's what's going to bring you peace and joy, coming back to that idea of bringing peace and joy to the mum and helping the oxytocin flow, that's really important as well. So there, it's all about balance, as is everything in life. So, yeah, while there is an nutrition is really important because you've just given all of your nutrients to your baby and if you're breastfeeding you know you find yourself six months postpartum and if you're not looking after yourself by six months postpartum all of your nutrient stores are depleted and you just feel like poo Mm -hmm. it happened to me both times even though I was really trying to look after myself so you know you can have the best of intentions and still get depleted because motherhood is more than a full-time job yeah and it's not only taxing emotionally and physically and mentally and spiritually it's also taxing on your body and your nutrient stores yeah absolutely look I feel like this book just sets women up for a lifetime of honoring themselves as women and mothers which I think is so so important because motherhood's for life and I just don't see enough mothers doing that for themselves and understanding that what they do is a huge thing and they need to look after themselves. So thank you so much for writing this book and thank you so much for speaking with us today. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. That's Jessica Prescott. She's a co-author of Life After Birth and for links to the book, check out the notes in this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love, a listener original podcast. If there's something you'd like to learn more about, email me at feedplaylove at sca.com.au. I'd love to hear from you. For more great kids and parenting podcasts, check out the listener app. And don't forget to follow us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.